Good evening. I do feel tall up here. Um, if you turn with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 13, be our scripture reading this, this evening. Ephesians 5, 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Um, so the, tonight's uh, lesson is uh, titled, Our Life-Saving Mission. Um, and I'm going to start this evening by, by reading a parable about uh, uh, life-saving stations. It reads, On a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur, there once was a crude little life-saving station. The building was just the huts, and there was only one boat. But a few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea, and with no th thought for themselves, they went out day or night, tirelessly searching for the lost. Many lives were saved by this wonderful little station so that it became famous. Some of those who were saved and various others in surrounding areas wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and money and efforts for the support of its work. New boats were bought and new crews were trained. The little life-saving station grew. Some of the new members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and so poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those saved from the sea. They replaced the emergency cots with beds and put better, better furniture in an enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members and they redecorated it beautifully and furnished it as a sort of club. Less of the members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, so they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The mission of life-saving was still given lip service, but most were too busy or lacked the necessary commitment to take part of the life-saving activities personally. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, and half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick. Some had a, a skin of a different color, some spoke a strange language, um, and the beautiful new club was consider uh, considerably messed up. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside of the club where victims of, shipwreck, um, of shipwrecks um, could be cleaned before coming inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal pattern of the club. But some members insisted that life-saving was their primary purpose and pointed out that they were still called a life-saving station. But, there were, but they were finally voted down and told that if they wanted to save the life of all various kinds of people, who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station down the coast. They did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same changes that had occurred in the old. They evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. If you visit the seacoast today, you will find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters, but now most of the people have drowned. That was taken from the Personal Evangelism 101 by Brent Hunter. And as you can see, um, we have this life-saving mission of the church. It's very similar to that of life-saving stations. 
um, we're supposed to uh, be able to save the souls uh, of those and, and the sinners around. Um, so, but oftentimes, us as Christians kind of forget that mission. We're focused about um, kind of the club. So uh, there's three things that I kind of want to uh, talk about tonight. Um, the first thing is, what is our mission as Christians? The second being, how can we fail our mission? And the third and final would be course correction. So let's go ahead and uh, examine uh, what our mission is. Let's uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose, for which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have the boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So here we see we have a mission, that we should be bringing to light the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how should we just do this? Um, as it reads in, in verse 12, we're supposed to be doing this with boldness and with confidence. And, and it's not necessarily an easy thing, for me especially. Um, as uh, Jennifer kind of pointed out, if as I had told her previously, um, she was like, are you excited to do your favorite thing? I was like, absolutely not. I uh, don't like getting up and speaking in front of groups. Um, but I do this with boldness and confidence because of our faith in him. He is something that he has called us to do. Um, and as uncomfortable as it makes me to stand up here, um, I know I can do it uh, because of my faith in him. Is as it states in uh, 1 Timothy um, chapter 1 and verse 15, um, bringing to light the gospel of God is supposed to be um, to, to seek and save the, the sinners of this world. That, that verse specifically states that, we should, uh, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, uh, not to uh, um, save the, the righteous. Um, but that's not only Jesus' role. Our mission is clearly stated in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. It's Mark 16, 15 and 16. And it reads, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So our primary mission is to seek and save sinners and to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And this isn't just something that's nice to do. This isn't something that we should just read and, and, and take to heart. We shouldn't hire um, those just to do it for us. But this is a command that's given. Um, it's a command to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. That is something that we are all called to do, to be lifesavers. Um, and in the passage in Matthew 28, it also states that we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. So. Um, we as the church also have the mission of proclaiming the praise of God. Um, so let's turn over to 1 Peter uh, 
chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. First Peter 2, 9 and 10, and it reads, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and to his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter writes that we're an elect, a royal priesthood. Um, we are called to show the excellences that he um, gives to us. We are called to proclaim the praises. Uh, we are called to continue to give thanks to him um, and everything that he does to us. Um, and we do this by proclaiming the gospel of Christ as one of the biggest blessings that he has bestowed upon us. So we have a mission. Um, a mission is to proclaim the praises of God, and to go out and preach um, the, the gospel of Christ. But sometimes we read the, these passages, and just as I spoke about them tonight, they can seem so simple, um, and uh, it's almost disheartening sometimes how simple sometimes they seem, um, and, and sometimes uh, when we falter. Um, uh, but um, sometimes they're really not that simple in our lives, because um, sometimes, as Stuart mentioned this morning, uh, we lose focus. So how can we fail our mission? So sometimes we lose sight of that mission. Sometimes things get in the way. Sometimes we falter. And, um, we really need to be cautious not to fail this mission. It is, it is commanded to us. Um, so one of the ways that we can fail this mission is through misplaced emphasis. In Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 through 19, we read about the church of um, Laodicea. It's a church that was neither um, hot nor cold. It was a church that was extremely rich, and they thought they had everything. Um, but as the scripture states, uh, they were wretched, they were poor, they were naked, and they were blind. Um, so there's all sorts of churches that are uh, around the world, some local, some foreign, some that uh, Chris and I uh, visited here recently in Spain, they just have extremely lavish decoration. And um, uh, when we were going through Spain, going through like tour guides, um, the, the church of every town was one of the, the, the top priorities of things to see because they're just so, so extravagant. Um, they have lavish buildings and they're clearly more concerned um, about appearances. Um, at least that's what it looks on the outside. I didn't attend these churches, so I don't know 100%. Um, but, um, but we need to make sure that we are not just uh, focused on the physical um, things, just not just focused on, on uh, the riches um, and, and call those the blessings that we're given. Um, there's so many more blessings that uh, Christ gives to us. Um, but we should not neglect physical needs. Um, we, we're still supposed to um, go out and, and, and reach out to people and, and things of that. So I'm not saying disregard the physical, but the emphasis should be on the soul. Um, something is clearly wrong if folks get more worked up on whether the air conditioning is working properly than lost souls. Something is wrong if more time is spent on people's uh, physical needs or the church's physical needs rather than the spiritual matters. We need to make sure that the emphasis is in the correct place. We need to make sure that we're paying attention to the intent, not just the, the letter. 
So we can also uh, fail our mission through showing preference. Um, and, and a great example of that comes from the book of James. James uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. James 2, 1 through 9. And it reads, My brethren, do not hold the, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if, some, or for if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should come there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by, law, by the law as transgressors. Here we see a warning um, about showing preferences um, between a rich man and a poor man. Uh, but there's so many other preferences that we can show, um, whether it's uh, nationality, whether um, it is uh, the riches, whether it's um, paying attention to those that are just more spiritually strong than others. Um, but we need to make sure um, that uh, we don't show that partiality, that we extend the message to, to all um, all in every nation. And we see that in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 5, that we see that every nation has been called um, to Christ. Um, so let us not show preference, but let all people come and to us and have us be able to share the gospel. Lastly, I want to talk a little bit about course correction. So what kind of life-saving station are we? Is it one that is uh, faith faithfully fulfilling its mission? May we be reminded of this mission this evening. James reminded us in, in the verses that we um, just read that we should be helping those in need. James also reminds us that we should have uh, faith that produces works. In Hebrews uh, 10 and uh, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So let us always be reminded of these things. Let us be reminded of this life-saving station example. Let, us, let it stir up um, the love and the good works that uh, we should be producing as Christians. So many of these uh, real-life life station, stations ex, um, truly existed. Um, they were often small, often lo located just on, on beaches, and they actually uh, went through in small boats, would be launched into sea, not necessarily off the end of a pier where it's nice and calm, but through the surf, through the waves. It was not a simple task. And they had a mission, and that was to save those who had wrecked and were lost at sea. In 1915, President Woodrow Wilson expanded these services by actually creating the U.S. Coast Guard that we know today. Christ came um, to earth to establish his, his church um, and had a similar mission in mind, and that's to seek and to save the lost. Um, so let us be reminded that, of that mission. 
Let us examine ourselves and our church. Let us work together to continue to seek and to save the lost. Let us recover our passion for life-saving. Let us be compelled to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Maybe you're in uh, need this evening. Maybe you need help correcting your course. Maybe you're in need of life-saving through baptism this evening. Please let your needs be known as we stand and sing. Here.